You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Zags, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Carr. And before we get started today, there were a ton of draft decisions from Pac-12 basketball players yesterday. And there's no better place to get all of your Pac-12 conference news than the Locked On Pac-12 podcast with host Cindy Robinson. Follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Today is Thursday, July 8th, and the deadline for taking your name out of the NBA draft has finally passed. And today, we're going to get to some of those decisions in the overall landscape of college basketball because we are talking about Gonzaga's non-conference schedule because yesterday the battle in Seattle game against Alabama was officially announced and they, Alabama did, they had several um, draft decisions and a couple of things that have happened to them over the last couple of weeks that affected their roster. So today we're talking schedules, kind of break down where all of Gonzaga's non-conference opponents stand nationally after the NBA draft decision deadline. And then to finish the show, I'm talking about the NBA draft some more. I'm going to give what I think is the best fit for all four Gonzaga players in the NBA draft. But before we get to all that, as always, some news and notes for you. Chet Holmgren and the United States, as expected, absolutely blasted Korea uh, on Wednesday morning, 132 to 60. It's a record. It's a team record, a U19 record for most points in a single game, 132 to 60. Chet Holmgren uh, had another strong showing. He was, uh, again, he's done this a few times, but there's just a, a three to four minute stretch every game that he plays where he just completely takes over and dominates. And he did it again on Wednesday. He finished the game with 17 points, 10 rebounds, and three blocks. And so they're going to take on Senegal at 8 a.m. on Friday in the quarterfinals. They win that. They're going to play Canada in all likelihood on Saturday. I mean, Canada's legit, and this is going to be the best game of the tournament. So if you guys get up on Saturday morning, I'm not sure what time the game is. Could be at 8, could be at 7. It could be any time between like 5 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. It'll be known after the quarterfinals on Friday. So keep an eye out on it. But Canada is really, really good. They've got Ryan Nemhard who's Andrew Nemhard's little brother. He's going to Creighton. They've got Zach Eady, who's a seven-foot-three th- seven mammoth of a man. He plays at Purdue. They've got Benedict Matherin, who's one of the best young talents on Arizona's roster. And then they've also got Caleb Houston. And if you remember Caleb Houston, Gonzaga was trying to recruit him for a little while, and he ended up going to Michigan and is part of Michigan's top recruiting class coming in this year. So a legitimate challenge for the United States in that semifinals uh, against Canada if those two teams were to match up. Again, that game would take place on Saturday and the championship game on Sunday at 9 a.m. The biggest piece of coaching news came out yesterday, and that's Damon Stoudemire is officially leaving the University of Pacific to go be a assistant coach uh, with the Boston Celtics. So really, really uh, big honor for Damon Stoudemire to join that staff. He was fantastic at Pacific, and he kind of got that that uh, program off the ground in Stockton. The last four seasons, he was 30-33 and 33 in the WCC uh, but I don't know if those necessarily do it justice because there was a season where they finished in fourth and a season where they finished tied for third. He was the WCC Coach of the Year in the 1920 season. Uh, he just he made the team into a very physical, very competitive uh, a bunch of players. And so now Leonard Perry is going to take over the program, and he has been the right hand man of Damon Stoudemire for his entire five or six year tenure um, in Stockton. So I don't think the program is necessarily going to go 
too far down. I think the Leonard Perry is going to continue um, trending Pacific in an upward trajectory. Leonard Perry used to coach at Idaho in the mid-2000s. The last piece of news here is that the MLB draft starts this Sunday, and it goes through Tuesday. Alec Jacob, obviously, a name to watch here, as is Ernie Yake, as is Brett Harris. Those are the three main ones. But there's also a couple high school commitments, uh, a couple kids that are um, committed to Gonzaga that still play in high school who are working out for MLB teams, and they have they could get their names drafted, and then they would have to choose whether they want to go play professionally or come to Gonzaga. Uh, we'll keep an eye out on all of those, and we'll update you on uh, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday show, depending on when any of those players and kids get drafted. All right, coming up, we're going to go through Gonzaga's non-conference schedule because, like I said, the deadline for NBA draft decisions has finally come and gone, and everyone's rosters are almost set. There's a couple big-name transfers that are still out there, but for the most part, um, these rosters are set. So let's kind of give a rundown on exactly where Gonzaga's big opponents in this coming season's non-conference schedule stand in the national landscape of college basketball. Before we get there, today's episode is being sponsored by Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. The NBA is in their finals. And college football and the NFL football season right around the corner. It's the perfect time to get in on the fun, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. Check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Okay, let's talk about Gonzaga's non-conference opponents and what the rosters look like here and where they're kind of ranked in a lot of these national preseason rankings. And let's start with Alabama. We're going to go through the big five uh, games on Gonzaga's schedule, and I'm including UCLA in this because in all likelihood, Gonzaga and UCLA are going to find a way to play. There's been extra rumblings this week that that game is going to get announced sooner rather than later. So I'm going to include them here in this analysis. But let's start with Alabama. Like I said, that game happening, Battle in Seattle, December 4th, was officially announced yesterday. Um, that that game is going to take place at the new Climate Pledge Arena. It's the first college basketball game that is going to be played in the new arena in Seattle. Um, Tickets are on sale to the public July 16th at 10 a.m., and I'm sure they'll sell out very, very quickly. Uh, The Gonzaga-Duke game in Vegas is already sold out, so I would imagine this game in Seattle will get sold out pretty quick as well. And then, of course, the return game is going to happen in Birmingham next year. But Alabama, let's talk about them nationally. They lost two big players uh, over the last couple of months here to either the draft or the transfer portal. Jaden Shackelford, who averaged 14 points a game last year, really, really good guard. He's gone. He ended up transferring out. And then Josh Primo, he looked like he was going to be their next great guard, and he ended up keeping his name in the NBA draft. So that took Alabama from a surefire top 10 team to much closer to the 15-20 range. Um, because of those two players gone. They're bringing, they're bringing back Jamon Quinterly, and he's going to have to take a step up. Um, there's been a lot of hype around him. His two years in college basketball, he's got to take a much bigger step. Um, they're adding J.D. Davison, who's a top 10 uh, prospect, and also a big man in Charles Bediaco, who's top 30 nationally. They're also transfer. They got uh, two really good transfers, 
Um, a big man from Furman who averaged 15 points a game. So we'll see how he kind of translates into power conference play. And then Damari Burnett, who's coming over from Texas Tech, who has a lot of potential. Jeff Goodman has Alabama ranked 13th in, in his early season uh, top 25. John Rothstein has them at 17. And then Gary Parrish has Alabama at 14. The Duke Blue Devils, the game that's happening in Las Vegas, Friday, November 26th. And their whole season is going to come down to the point guard play because they've got some really talented wings and they've got some talented forwards. And they add three five-star freshmen. They're the only school that add three five-star freshmen. One of them is Paulo Banchero, who's number three in the class. They've got a wing in A.J. Griffin, who's number seven. And then an off guard in Trevor Keels, who's number 20. They lost a ton of players. Um, and that's why kind of the guard play is going to be suspect is because Jeremy Roach, who was a freshman last year, He's pretty much all they have as an established uh, point guard. And so it's going to be up to him, and he's going to have to take this team on his back. Uh, Wendell Moore is more of an off-guard wing player. Mark Williams is a big man. Joey Baker, uh, more of a wing and stretch big. And then they also add in Theo John, who was a role-playing big at Marquette. So not a lot of established guard play at Duke, which can kind of limit what they do. Uh, but this is... The last season for Coach K, you know those players are going to play hard for him, and Coach K is going to coach his butt off um, to kind of leave that program on a good note. Jeff Goodman has Duke ranked 12th. John Rothstein has Duke ranked 10th. And Gary Parrish has Duke ranked all the way up to number 6. All right, now let's move on to the Texas Longhorns. And this game has got moved to Spokane. Originally, it was going to be in Austin. There's no date set for it yet, but if I were a betting man, it's most likely going to be November 12th or November 13th at home, the first big ESPN game of the season, kind of what they used to have with that 24-hour kickoff. Um, I would imagine that that's where this game is going to be slotted. Texas is going to be a top 10 team to enter the season. They might be the highest-ranked team on this schedule not named UCLA if they don't end up uh, scheduling UCLA. Chris Beard is moving from Texas Tech to Texas, and he convinced Andrew Jones and Courtney Ramey, two double-figure scorers, to come back to school instead of either graduating or going into the draft. Andrew Jones averaged 14.5 points a game. Courtney Ramey averaged 12.5 points a game. So they've got established guard play right away, and they're bringing in five very, very legitimate transfers. Trey Mitchell is a a walking double-double from UMass. Timmy Allen, a really good forward, averaged 17 a game at Utah. Another forward coming in from Vanderbilt, Dylan Disu. And then another forward from Creighton, Christian Bishop. So they've got two really good established guards, and then they're bringing in some wings and uh, some really good forwards. The biggest question for them is going to be Devin Askew because Courtney Ramey and Andrew Jones are better off the ball. They can play point guard, but it's not their natural position. It's kind of like uh, the Rashir Bolton situation for Gonzaga where he can uh, certainly control the tempo, but he's much better off the ball. That's going to be the situation with Texas. Devin Askew is the only natural, or at least the only good natural point guard on that team, but he was very, very inconsistent at Kentucky, and that's their fifth big transfer that they got in. If Devin Askew can take a big step up and be kind of the leader at that point guard spot, Texas is going to be a very, very, very good and very deep basketball team. Jeff Goodman has Texas number five. John Rothstein has Texas number five. And Gary Parrish has him down a little bit. They've got him at number 11. Gonzaga is playing Texas Tech December 18th. That game's going to be at 10 a.m. And it's being played in Phoenix. It's going to be on CBS. Texas Tech is probably going to be maybe right outside the top 25 to enter the season. But they got one of the biggest returns 
uh, on Wednesday from anybody who came back to school, and that's Terrence Shannon Jr. Texas Tech is also bringing in a UTEP transfer, Bryson Williams, who averaged right around 17 points and seven rebounds his last two seasons at UTEP. He's using his extra year of eligibility. And they've also got Marcus Santos Silva, who's a really good big man as well. So they've got a wing and two bigs, but they've got question marks at the guard spot. So it'll be interesting to see um, kind of that front court face off against Gonzaga's front court. And then Gonzaga's more experienced guard line of uh, uh, Andrew Nemhard and Rashir Bolton taking on a little bit worse of a guard line that Texas Tech has. So that's going to be an interesting game. It should be a win for Gonzaga. Um, Texas Tech is probably the least intimidating of these five big games, uh, but still a very good and probably a quad one team by the end of the season. And then let's talk about the crown jewel. That would be a matchup with UCLA, a game I still think is going to happen here at some point. They're bringing back everybody. Johnny Juzang announced at the very last minute on Wednesday that he is returning to school. Big man Cody Riley also coming back to school. So they're returning their entire roster uh, from the team that made the national semifinal. And they're adding two big pieces. One of them is Miles Johnson, a big man from Rutgers, really good player. And then they're also adding Peyton Watson on the wing. It's probably going to come off the bench, but he's a top 10 prospect nationally and one that Gonzaga was really close to getting. So UCLA is going to be good. They're ranked fourth by Jeff Goodman, they're ranked second by John Rothstein, and they're ranked number two uh, by Gary Parrish as well. They're legit. They've got, they're probably deeper than they were last year. They're more experienced than they were last year. Um, They finally came together at the end of last season, as we all saw. And so they're going to be a really, really good team and a handful. And to be honest, they might be better than Gonzaga to start the season. I'm not sure they necessarily have as big a ceiling as Gonzaga if all of Gonzaga's pieces click. Uh, But I would not be shocked if UCLA or even Kansas, because Kansas, they're pretty much loaded uh, with all the additions that they got. I would not be surprised if UCLA or Kansas uh, upended Gonzaga for that number one ranking to start the season. So there's a look at the big five uh, non-conference games. Of course, there could be still more added. They are playing Washington at home, and that game's probably going to take place December 11th, if I had to guess. Uh, But Washington is Washington, so I don't need to talk about them too much. Northern Arizona is taking place December 20th. We know that for sure. And then Dixie State, who might end up being called Utah Tech by the time. That is the home opener. That is happening November 9th. So there is an updated look at the non-conference schedule. One last thing here before we move on to NBA Draft Talk. Since we're talking about guys that are returning to school, there's a bunch of players, really, really good players, um, returning that either could have gone to college or are using that fifth year or sixth year of eligibility because they all get a free COVID year. And a lot of these announcements happened basically the week after players were allowed to use their name, image, and likeness rights. And I don't think that's a coincidence. Players can, you you know, if you're going to be able to spend another year in college and get your scholarship paid for and also make money on the side, you're going to do that. I mean, there's more and more players that are going to stay in college for that extra season if they're a fringe second rounder, if they know they can make money in college now. So I think this is a fantastic thing for college basketball and the the popularity of college basketball, the competitiveness of college basketball, the parity of college basketball, having kids being able to make some money on the side and incentivize them a little bit to stay in college longer, I think is great for the sport. And I think you're seeing that with some of these announcements of some of these fringe prospects being able to come back to college. I really do think college basketball next season is going to be absolutely loaded. It's going to be one of the, the, the heaviest 
um, at the top that I've seen in, in quite some time. I think there's legitimately eight to ten teams that can be really, really good, at least on paper. Um, and I'm really, really excited uh, for next season. Okay, coming up to finish off this week of episodes, we are going to talk a little bit more about the NBA draft. The draft is exactly three weeks from tonight. We could have up to four Zags selected for the first time ever. But what team is the best fit for each of them? I will give one or two teams where I think each player can thrive in the NBA. But first, today's episode, of course, is being sponsored by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the market and is the low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate in all bars. Built Bar just sent out a new email today with a new flavor called Grasshopper Cookie, which looks like a mint chocolate uh, flavor. If you want that one, go for it. If you don't want that one, there's a bunch of other flavors you can try. All of them are soft, easy to chew, and absolutely delicious. Not only do they taste great, but they're healthy too. They're great for the health conscious guy and also for anyone looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Most Built Bars have 17 grams of protein, which is 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. It's LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. All right, Jalen Suggs, Corey Kispert, Joel Ayayi, Philip Petrushev, all of them have a chance to have their names called here in three weeks. And to be honest, the first three are pretty much locks. I think Joel Ayayi is a late first, early to mid-second rounder for sure. The last one, Philip Petrushev, I think is a coin toss. I honestly can't get a feel, but it seems like his draft stock keeps rising because everybody realizes he's much more of a stretch big than he was at Gonzaga. So let's give a couple teams that I think are good fits for all of these players. Let's start with Jalen Suggs because he's either going to Houston at two or Toronto at four because Detroit's taking Cade Cunningham and Cleveland already has Colin Sexton and Darius Garland at the guard spot. So they're not going to take another one. They're either taking Jalen Green or Evan Mobley, whichever one slips to them. So Suggs is either going to Houston or Toronto. And out of those two spots, Toronto is the much better fit because I think Jalen Suggs works much better alongside another guard that he can work with. And that's Fred Van Fleet. So uh, I think Fred Van Vliet will also work much better with Jalen Suggs alongside of him. When Kyle Lowry was out a little bit for this season, Fred Van, v- uh, Fred Van Vliet was not as efficient. So I think that spot works best for both of those players, both Suggs and Van Vliet. And they can kind of add to that core with OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam as well. I think Toronto is by far the best fit for Jalen Suggs. For Corey Kispert, I like two spots. One of them, and these are pretty much the two spots that most people have, which is fine. But number one is the New Orleans Pelicans at 10. Uh, They need shooters to surround uh, Zion Williamson, who's pretty much become their primary ball handler. And they were in the bottom five in three-point shooting this year. And then Golden State, they need as many plug-and-play, cheaper players that they can, um, especially guys coming off the bench. And I've mentioned many times before, Corey Kispert is the the easiest plug-and-play guy in this draft for any team. And Golden State needs role players that can step up and and do stuff for them, Um, especially with Klay Thompson coming back next year. They're looking to contend right away. I think Golden State's a great spot for him. Orlando is the one that worked out Corey Kispert yesterday or two days ago, whatever it was. Orlando also finished in the bottom three in three-point shooting. So it's not out of the realm of possibilities that Orlando could take him at number eight. I think eight is early, um, to be honest. I think 10 is probably a little early, too. I think 14 with Golden State's right about correct. Um, But if they think that, if Orlando thinks at eight that Corey Kispert is the guy that can come in and make a difference for them, then go for it. They definitely do need three-point shooting, so it wouldn't be a total shock to see him in Orlando either. 
Joel Ayayi is interesting because he is definitely a secondary ball handler, but he can do a lot of stuff off the ball. He's really good at cutting, as we saw. Um, so it's kind of a, an interesting um, exercise to try to find which team he fits best, best with. And I don't know how early this is, but I really like him with the Denver Nuggets. If Denver wants to take him at 26, they play around Jokic so much. Jokic is getting so much attention. He finds cutters all the time. He's one of the best passers in the league. Um, and so I think Jokic is a really good uh, compliment to Joel Iyai. I think he'd really work well with him. And then Jamal Murray, when he comes off his ACL surgery, Murray would be able to find Iyai as well. So I think he'd fit in really well with Denver. The other spot would be Milwaukee uh, because they've got three really good players and they need as many role players as possible to come off the bench for them. So I think those would be the two teams that I like uh, for Joel Iyai would be Denver especially number one, and then Milwaukee would be another one. And then Philip Petrushev is super interesting because I don't know. I think he just needs to be in a spot where he could just play and just play minutes. Um, and whatever spot gives him minutes and an opportunity to kind of get his feet wet and show NBA, uh, you know, other NBA talent evaluators and coaches that he could play at this level, I think that's the spot where he needs to be. So Oklahoma City and New Orleans both have a jabillion picks in this draft, so they could use one of their many second-round picks on him. I don't see Chicago or Sacramento taking him because they already have a lot of bigs. Orlando takes the 33rd pick. I think that's too early. Brooklyn is interesting because their big guys are all older, so they could want a younger big man um, to kind of go with their big three. So Brooklyn, I think, is something that's really interesting to watch. Uh, and then I really like Indiana as well, especially if they're going to move on from Miles Turner or Sabonis. If one of them wants to leave, that kind of leaves a, another spot open in the front court. So Indiana could be one to watch as well. Uh, but then I, I really do think that the teams with multiple second round picks may be the ones to snag Philip Petrushev, and that's New Orleans and that's Oklahoma City. Toronto's got a, a couple as well. Um, so I think those would probably be the three teams to watch are New Orleans, Oklahoma City, and Toronto for Philip Petrushev. All right, that's going to do it for today's show. There's no episode tomorrow. As I've mentioned, I will be in Idaho for the weekend, but we will be back on Monday. There's going to be four shows next week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And on Monday, we will recap what happens with Chet Holmgren in the U19 World Cup. And hopefully we'll be talking about a gold medal performance. Don't forget, you can tune in to the Locked On Today podcast with host Peter Bukowski. Today on the show, they are talking about the Phoenix Suns and the Milwaukee Bucks heading into Game 2 of the NBA Finals. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. Please leave us a five-star rating, if you will. You can follow me on Twitter at SCargo. That's at S-K-A-R-R-G-0. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Zags. If you want to email the show, feel free. It's LockedOnZags at gmail.com. Everybody enjoy your weekend. We will see you back here again on Monday morning. It is a great day to be a Zag.